Welcome to This is 65, an interview show featuring inspiring stories from accomplished professionals. I am your host, Erin Ackenheil, and this is brought to you by Blackpoint Insurance, where we help Medicare beneficiaries learn about the A, B, C's, and D's of Medicare, and we help agents and brokers nationwide learn to launch, grow, and retain their businesses. Let's get this show started. Hello, and welcome to This is 65. My name is Erin Ackenheil, and I'm your hostess for today. Today's guest is a wonderful friend of mine and an awesome client. I love her like crazy, and I can't wait to have her on today. Her name is Mercy Sidbury. Mercy owns a bodywork Pilates studio. She's really an excellent um, health and wellness coach, essentially helping people through movement to eliminate pain, get in shape, all the things that we think about as we head into the holidays and into the new year for our resolutions. Um, Mercy is just really dynamic and interesting, and I'm so glad uh, to have her on the show today. So welcome, everybody. Here comes Mercy. Hi, Erin. It's so good to be here with you. (laughs) We're so happy to have you on here. I've got my technology going, so that's perfect. Uh, We're starting to get comments. People are saying good morning. They're saying hello, Mercy. So we're so (laughs) glad to have that. Um, if you're out there and you feel so inclined to say hello to us, uh, be sure to say hi. Uh, Mercy has a lot of her friends and colleagues that are on as well and people who have taken her classes. So be sure to share some feedback, whether it's now or in the uh, replay version of this, of how your work with Mercy has impacted your life. She's just a very impressive individual. And I love, Mercy, how you've taken your classes from a studio in your home to expanding it during pandemic to be able to work online. You, you've uh, really been uh, flexible, I guess, in terms of, of doing that. So welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really good today. <laughs> good, good. Well, you're looking good, feeling good here. So, well, tell me a little bit about your background, Mercy. How did you get into the field of Pilates and movement therapy? What was the catalyst for all that? Um, I was a professional dancer for about 25 years, and as a result, um, anyone who's in doing that much with their body has injuries um, just kind of compound. And there's this wonderful program in um, in San Francisco out of uh, St. Francis Memorial Hospital that was begun by Dr. James Garrick uh, called Dance Medicine and in the Center for Sports Medicine. And I went there as a client for, for years. And I had already been exposed to, to Pilates as part of the American Dance Festival in the 70s. So I knew about it, but he had brought it into their um, physical therapy and Center for Sports Medicine um, rehab uh, as, so Pilates was an adjunct. And so it was an amazing thing that he was offering to dancers and athletes. And so as I got more involved in it, when I started to transition out of touring, I kind of went, I just went over there and I said, I want to work here. <laughs> and they said, like, okay. This is my career. I'm ready, right? So right. You know, now why do we always hear Mercy? I mean, I'm, and I've taken Pilates classes with uh, an ex-New York dancer as well here in Nevada where I live. And she's amazing too, right? And I just always hear Pilates and dancers, Pilates and dancers. It seems like this uh, dynamic duo. Why do we hear that all the time? What What's the influence and how did that get started? Well, I think it got started because when Pilates came from Europe, he, he landed in New York and he started a studio there. And it was, you know, very small operation at first, but 
dancers are always looking for something that's going to keep them dancing and keep them in, in good health. And somehow, I don't exactly know how, but it got into the dance community there in the 30s. And it started spreading around New York City Ballet and all the, the, the ballet companies. And then from there, word just spreads <laughs> in the dance right. world. And so it was, it was a very... Um, you know, it, it was pretty much centered in the dance world for quite a while. And then, you know, it, it works for everyone. So it's right. spread out. And, and um, by the time it kind of, you know, got to the West Coast, I think it was you know, a little bit more, um, you know, widely used. But still, it was, it was really a, a, a kind of centered in the dance community, which is why at the Center for, for Sports Medicine, it was called Dance Medicine. Right. And it's just, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of like when, when you're dancing um, and any any athletics and now a lot of what this whole mindfulness orientation to just being in your life is about stay, being in the present moment and, and experiencing where you are and how you're doing things so that you can you can live along with your your moments of life, you know. Right. No, so, exactly. This is, you know, it's a mind-body integration that just is natural in Pilates. And I think it was one of the things that sort of helped people know what that meant, you know. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I just, I can't help but pause for a second because when I read your bio, I saw that you have had a really illustrious career as a dancer. So can you tell everybody a little bit about, basically, you were able to to keep dancing right through all this pain-free yeah. uh, kind of help and support that you learned. But tell everybody a little bit about your career as a dancer, because I was really impressed with uh, your background and all the awards you won and all the different things that you had throughout your life. So would you mind bragging bragging about yourself for one minute? I'm putting you on the spot a little bit with that, but please brag for a minute and tell us a little bit about your background as a dancer. Well, I first have to say that it, it just, you know, I mean, my, I feel, unbelievably blessed to have had all these experiences and that a lot of it's right time, right place. And I mean, I'm, I came, I started as a scientist. I, I went to school, to college as a, as a plant physiologist. That's what I thought I was going to be. <laughs> that and, makes sense. I see that. I see the trail to dance, right? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it goes like this. <laughs> I think that's called life, right? So right. I get it. <laughs> but I, so I, I went to one call, I went to Mount Holyoke in, in, um, in, um, for my uh, freshman and sophomore. And then I, I transferred to Oberlin and at Oberlin, I was doing uh, biochemistry and, and they, they had an incredible inter-arts program at which Brenda Way, Kimi Okada, all the people who are still part of ODC dance in San Francisco were teachers there at the time. And so I just happened to end up there. And right. they, at that point, they decided they wanted to leave the, the college and come and establish a professional company here in San Francisco. So they asked me to come with them. And I was like, sure. I'm not <laughs> so that's also. <laughs> Let me think. Sounds good, right? It was, I mean, it was totally good luck. You know what I mean? It right. was the timing. And so, and the ability to go like, yes, this is, you know, I don't need to be a scientist. I can, right. I can do this. And dance really, it, it filled something in me, even at that age that was, um, you know, that was not something that was so cognitive, like, like I will do this career and it will end up there. I had no idea what it was going to be. Right. Um, so, but I just knew that there was this 
incredible connection that this this drive that I had to just continue to do it. So right. I came out and I I worked with them for a number of years and then um, I took a break. Um, my mom died and so I moved back to the East Coast for a bit. And then when I came back, I I just needed to kind of do something else and and I ended up um, a couple years later working with Margaret Jenkins, who ah. is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, one of the one of the other amazing companies in San Francisco that is, you know, they've both had this unbelievably long period of being very preeminent in the modern dance world in San Francisco. And then along the way, I mean, what what's so great about dance is that you just create this little circle of people that you're so intimate with because you're moving around them and spending hours and hours with them. So I ended up doing a lot of work with people who were part of those companies. Right. And um, so I worked with Joe Good. I worked with um, Ann Bleetenthal. I worked with a number of the different companies that are still in the um, in the Bay Area, working very, you know, doing doing amazing work. They're all doing amazing work. And you know, having stepped away from the dance part, I I look back and I'm just in awe of them. <laughs> that right. their their careers have spanned this time that that and and continued developing in, in different ways and. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like that the dance community probably like no other is just such an intimate community and you make such good friendships and you work yeah. together and you support each other. And uh, that's why something happens in the dance community like Pilates. Everybody does Pilates, right? Because it, right. it hits the whole family at once. Right. So right. Um, and I know you're being modest mercy just about your personal accomplishments and you've had amazing success in the modern dance space. So I, I'm just so impressed that I got to meet you and that uh, you're helping others and making things better. So tell yeah, me a little really bit. Nice. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, no, go ahead. What was what, you know, that transition between um, working, you know, I, I did my own work. I, I and that was wonderful, too, because it, it really let me sort of explore how my how, you know, forming a piece came out of this instrument that had been, you know, I've been training for so long. So that segue between trying to draw in things that don't exist yet and turn them into things that exist for others to, to share and experience, that was a, a really big part of, right. I think, how my work now has developed because there was a there was an easy transmission of what I knew in my body to people coming into the, to the dance medicine center and needing to work on ankle sprains or something like that. But this other thing about being able to um, understand, like, connect with people's motivation where they where they live in their bodies where they live in their psyches you know that was something i really had to study outside right. of all that but i knew right. the importance of it from doing choreography right you know? and, well, exactly so it passes yeah. over it makes sense so mm -hmm. tell me a little bit you kind of transitioned a little bit there but tell me a little bit about the principles in your work like what are the core pillars that you go by in terms of your your work that you do that, that's a really good thing to think about because Pilates itself has very specific core pillars, which are universal in terms of doing mindful movement. And I had to look them up because, <laughs> because you know, when I got into Pilates this way and uh -huh. I luckily got to study with all the living masters, you know, because of working at the hospital, because we would bring them in to train us. But in terms of going and studying, you know, like from the beginning to the end, I didn't get that part. So unfortunately, all that stuff's online. <laughs> well, so, let me check again. <laughs> so there's, you know, things like balance and coordination and fluid movement and 
precision and you know just all these these principles that are part of being able to stay embodied when you're when you're try, when you're learning even when you're right. learning that it doesn't go up here and then try you know we use what our tools are but uh, right. and what our you know our, our strengths are um but it's like i i like to think of and this is this came from working with rehab it's like in in physical therapy someone is coming with an issue and so you get that issue and then you then i like to kind of find out well what is that for you you know how is that impacting your life how is that how how do you feel about your progress in in getting better you know there's all these kinds of things that are important parts about those are principles to learn where who is this person in front of me right now and what are they wanting so i orient my work around you know it's it's like it's just like you know studying ballet or studying a, a technique you have these tools that then you really bring them to the moment and the moment is being with this person who's in front of you absolutely mm -hmm. you know i think that's one of the things i like about you in your work is how you get connected to the person and you really customize it to their needs and what their goals are and really getting them on the right track to achieve those so that's pretty cool yeah now, i'm getting all kinds of comments in here the dance pilates connections real so awesome high mercy a uh, lot of that that makes sense about dance and Pilates. So you're definitely influencing people out there. Um, if you love hearing what you're hearing from Mercy, be sure to get her a like and a love uh, on here. Give her a comment. Ask a question. Uh, we can take questions live. So just want to appreciate everybody's support for supporting Mercy and supporting me uh, and helping us uh, as we have our interview here. So Mercy, back to business, right? We got our love. That's the that's the equivalent of the studio audience cheering for us, Mercy. Uh, so they just cheer. We're, we're good to go there. Um, now, I know you've had a lot of mentors in your career, right? I mean, you can't go a long career as a dancer without some mentors. And you even drop some names of people that you work with and so forth that have really had an influence in different companies that you've worked with. But who was your key, key influencer when it comes to your work with Pilates? And tell us a little bit about that and and how what that's meant to you in your work. Yeah. Um, I have her picture. <laughs> we flash her up, put her up on camera. There she, Frenchie, there she is. She's about uh, as big as this little frame, too. She's <laughs> tiny. So tell us about her. She is a, um, you know it's a strong mentor when you have her photo on your desk, right? So that's got to be a good sign. <laughs> I bring her forward. Yeah, I just, you know, I feel we, we, you know, we don't do any of this alone. So, you know, she's always like sitting right over here. <laughs> and she was, she was a really strong woman in the, in the, she's, she moved to, um, to uh, New York in the thirties when she was probably in her twenties or something. She just right. was going to make her way, you know, and she was, uh, she was, she, Inter uh, she um, auditioned for Martha Graham out here in the West Coast and Martha Graham said, come and dance for me in New York. And she found her way over there as a driver for, for a woman who was traveling in her car. And, <laughs> and she just ended up there and she ended up dancing with Hanya Holm, who was another early modern dance company that was very influential in New York in the, in the way. And through that, she connected with Pilates. And, but at that time in, in, the, in the history of, you know, dance and, and physical culture is what they called it. It's like, there were all these influences coming from, from Germany, from different places. And so she was also, Eve was influenced by this woman named Ermgard Barteniev, who was part of this movement 
about studying how movements are, you know, bodies in the industrial age are being limited by doing this manufacturing or doing this, you know, this kind of thing. So like studying that and studying that as a social inter interplay. Um, right. And so Parteniev actually broke down movement so that you could understand where things begin as an initiating point. And Eve really brought that into her work with Pilates repertoire. And so that's where I feel like I, you know, that is so essential to how I work is like going and, and in, a, in a woven in way. So I would never say I'm a Bartenia practitioner or anything like that, but it's so much a part of how she taught Pilates that it's, it's, um, it's a real uh, just key element. So in, in terms of principles, that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Great. Well, I just feel inspired that I, I, I hope someday I want to put my mentor's pictures on my desk and hopefully can influence someone in some way that, you know, later in life, uh, there'll be a, a photo of me somewhere. Right. That's pretty cool. I, 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 think, it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a testimonial, though, really, of, uh, you know, not just the work you do, but like appreciating that it doesn't happen alone. Right. And it's always um, a development over time, you know, and you saw it morph and you, you know, let your mentors kind of guide you and here, here you are today. So pretty, pretty mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. So tell sure. me a little bit about just your business. So who, who's your typical client? Like who comes to you? How do they find you? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, when I first moved up to uh, Sebastopol where I live now, I had, I just, lucked into uh, some one person was in a Tai Chi community and they did the dance thing. Like, right. This person will help you with your knees or whatever. Right. Um, exactly. Back to that again. Right. Right. <laughs> and so, so then it, and so it was a lot of referrals like that um, for people who are just trying to sort of be able to support the movements that they are their, their practices. Um, now there's a lot, I get a lot of referrals from, um, medical clinics around the area um, or osteopaths or uh, people who are involved in movement and medicine and, and that kind of thing. Um, and, and then I get referrals from their clients and things like that. So it's really, um, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's the sizes, people who need it, you know, kind of thing. There's not like a specific age or, you know, target. It's, it's everyone. Right. Yeah. So. It's, I mean, you know, young kids, it, I, I'm, I haven't had a whole lot of experience with young kids. The ones that I've had, I love and have, you know, learned a ton from, but I just, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a, have a whole lot of, of younger ones, but a lot at this point, it's a lot, like a lot of my clientele I've had for over a decade. Right. And we've gone through the injury phase or the whatever phase that brought them here into like just kind of like living in their bodies more comfortably. And right. um, so a lot of that's posture. A lot of that's just, you know, being able to then translate things that might be new to them into how to organize it, you know, have a have a relationship to it from what they already know, because a big part of what I do is education. It's, yeah. it's like helping people understand even to the point of like, what is, what is, how do you find out about what your body's telling you, you know, and how do you in, encourage more sensation to, to be the guide? Because that is the guide. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to show you something that just popped up here. So Cheryl had something to say. I've been studying with this wonderful teacher since 1986. Grateful to Mercy for her explanations, deep experiencing, and greater peace and integrity in this body year by year. 
It's also a wonderful compliment to my primary practice, which is, you got to tell me the names of these, Mercy. What tai Chi and Qigong. Tai Chi and Qigong. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Mercy and Erin. So thank, uh, thank you so much, Cheryl, for giving that feedback. And Mercy, just, just one of your many in the fan club. I'm getting hearts and loves and even butterflies. Uh, people, people love you out there. So that's awesome. Now, I have to say, Mercy, when you and I first met, uh, I was impressed because I came to your home to help you with insurance information. That's what I do. Thank I you. Thank you. On the road. Yes, that's my gig. Uh, but that's how I meet cool people, right? So, of course, immediately we got to talking and you told me a little bit about Pilates and your background. And you took me on a tour and I got to see your actual studio with reformers. And I was just so impressed with what you've developed there. So can you tell everybody about your in-person classes and what you have on site if they're in the Sebastopol area? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I have a little, uh, um, I converted my one car garage to a Pilates <laughs> studio and it's, I just love, you know, that I, I spend most of my day in there and I love it. Um, and I have reformer tra trapeze table and a um, um, wonder chair and just all balls and everything like that. So we, you know, that, that is where I, I do the, the work that is in, in person. Um, during, I mean, you know, the, as you mentioned earlier, it's like uh, the ability for, and, and I, again, I'm really grateful for people try, trying it. My, my in-person clients were willing to try working at home on Zoom. And it was, it actually created a whole other possibility where, you know, someone's running late, they call, I can't come, can, can we just do Zoom, you know, and we do it like that, you know. So right. um, that's been really, and and in that way, what we do in the studio with the equipment can be translated into things with with small, you know, little equipment or not even, you know, modifications and so forth. Lots of modifications, but part of that is that their, you know, their uh, participation in the studio. Then it's their body; they're at home. They, you know, they just translate it into, you know using their bed for the support for their leg on the, you know, that kind of thing. So Makes it's, sense. it's, you know, it's, it was a, for me, it was a nerve wracking uh, translation because learning all this stuff, but it, I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of amazed that it's because now as a result, I can do what they call digital nomad work. And so I, last, last year I went to Costa Rica and taught, you know, my zoom people and my classes online from Costa Rica for a while. Well, you heard it here. Mercy Sidberry, a digital nomad, right? That's something I haven't heard before. Hey, I love it, right? It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> Look it up. I'm writing it down. Digital nomad. Perfect. Well, I have to give a testimonial personally to the reformer machines. I've used them a few different times in my life with classes. And I have to tell you, anybody who attended my wedding, uh, my sister and I, for eight weeks before uh, I got married, which was a while ago, uh, we went to Pilates classes. And I have never had better arms, right? Because it just elongates you. And I don't know what Pilates does, but it feels good. You look good. Um, and I'm just a total proponent of it. And those reformers are incredible. So the fact that you bought those and you have them in your uh, one-car garage is some sort of miracle, right? So I love it. So um, now, now that you're a digital nomad, though, let's talk about that a little bit more because... I think, first of all, obviously not everybody has a reformer in their garage because they're pretty expensive. So you're making Pilates mat work, suppose, you know, I would suppose to call it really accessible to people via Zoom. So if 
people who are listening want to be part of your Zoom classes and that kind of thing, do they need special equipment? You know, is there anything that they need to have in their home? You talked about using the bed and so forth. So it sounds like you're able to use some of the things around them, but can you talk about what they might need and, and how that might work? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've tried to keep it at a minimum what's what's required for the, the Zoom classes online. Um, so the things that I would say, I mean, and people, some people don't have these at different times or they just choose not to get them. But the foam rollers that are pretty ubiquitous at this point, um, <laughs> it's, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, what, you know, but now it's like mm, they're in the gyms or everywhere. But they're the ones that we like to use are, are kind of um, spongy a little bit and tacky because we do a lot of um, fascial release work on them. So they need to have a little bit of like they'll grab your skin and then you move and it, it pulls a little bit so i like to use those um in particular and there's there's six feet no three feet long six inches round um but you know any you know noodles swim noodles work you know right. so <laughs> and then i use like weights which are you know could be tuna fish cans or soup cans or something like that and then we use like like certain like tennis ball size balls to and pretty much that's all that you know you could get through a really and and therabands, which which could also then be substituted with a scarf or a belt or something like right. that. So it's so not it sounds like it's pretty accessible and not a big expense, you know, for home equipment or that kind of thing. So um, well, you're making me feel like there's no excuse for not getting in shape. I find myself trying to sit up taller while I talk to you. I'm like, come on, Erin, get your posture going, right? So um, so Mercy, I thought it would be kind of fun. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but Maybe we could do a mini demo of something I can do um, at home. I'll be your I'll be your guinea pig if you're willing. You can kind of show me, obviously, something that I can do sitting up, right? Because I don't think anybody wants to see me laying down right now. Um, but you can kind of talk me through uh, what we're doing and what I should be feeling, and I can kind of be a testimonial if I am feeling it. Does that sound good? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm ready, Mercy. Okay. Away. So actually, what I thought that I would do is. Um, this is this will show the kind of influence of eat because okay. yeah basically um what this is and and what what's um what's i thought would be useful about it is because a lot of times what you know with with injuries and things like that it's because we keep doing a, a same pattern of movement over and over and over again and then whatever's doing it just says please go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm the queen of repetitive motion, mostly sitting right here, right? <laughs> okay, um, perfect, perfect. So so I'm going to bring in my friend, which um, I, this, this poor guy, is, I love him. He's been with me forever. He's a mess. Um, oh my God. <laughs> but, <laughs> Who's this guy? This guy is Napoleon Bonaparte. He's got a famous name. He's got, he, he, maybe he has all of his parts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> his bones are falling apart over there. So yeah. I got it. Uh, so what so, is Napoleon going to help me with here today? He's going to help you. So, um, okay. and I just have to, one of my, I put, I put out to my, my students, I said, we're, we just kept calling this him different things. And finally, when one of them came up with Napoleon Bonaparte, I was like, Okay, that's Perfect. his name. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're gonna do? So Napoleon will show you his backside. Um, uh -huh. These are these are spinous processes. They're part of the spine. Okay, okay. and they're just there's a they're a landmark place on a vertebra. And okay. so a lot of times, like if I okay, now I'm gonna show you a vertebra, which is also a coffee cup. 
<laughs> so this this is what was poking out in the back. This I wonder if I get an assessment of your interest when your coffee mug has that on there. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is called the spinous process. And this is where the weight of the body should rest on this part because it, it's this is where the disc is right through that hole is where the spinal cord is right okay so if and this is the front of the body can you see the eyeballs i can't <laughs> <laughs> so this one becomes a face with a ponytail uh-huh okay so if you if you reach around to your to about the if you could you know if that's comfortable enough for you to reach around to and just find one of these i i found one, one. i'm okay. in okay and then just this is what everybody in the audience can also do this because we, we're not getting down on the floor or anything but if you scratch it so your brain goes oh i feel that yeah my brain's talking to me now mercy it's happening okay, so, good. Good. brain activity um so that's good um so okay. now what <laughs> now if you can take that point where you're feeling uh -huh. and turn that point to the right oh like that <laughs> i'm doing it with my hand all right you can do this at home everyone so if you're listening in what do we do we put our hand back here right and now i'm gonna do this you're gonna turn from the from that point in your back you're gonna turn it to the right and see what happens to your front so if you're it looks like it's stretching it'll stretch and also if that point turn is the thing that moves you to the to the to the you know it moves itself to the right it's uh -huh. going to put the front of your body to the left it does exactly i'm turning back yeah. yeah and now come back and now just think that the cat's running over there and you have it's like doing something funny you have to you have to go like that and do, you do it differently from the front of your body with the attention here than you do it from back here. So what is this doing for me, Mercy? If I get, do I get into a habit of turning in that way? Is that what I'm, my goal is? You're opening up neural pathways in front of your sensory motor system that actually give you more, more um, opportunity to do your movements differently. So. Right probably tomorrow that won't you won't turn from your back to to turn your front to the other direction but it's a way of sort of rewiring so that you don't keep doing the same thing over and over again that um right. and so when you when you turn to look over to the other side of your your room yeah do it from your back now i'm gonna do it now i'm doing it the opposite way i gotta no. test this <laughs> it actually feels better I, I don't know how to explain it but it does feel better and so if i were to i think basically what you're saying is if i were to practice this motion eventually in my life it would cause me to move in that manner somewhat which would help my my back pain and different things that happen from repetitive motion is that kind of am i on the right track yes you're on the right track okay so just so you know mercy i'm not going to be working today all i'm going to do is keep uh turning and uh holding my back so <laughs> Now, everybody on the online better have done that demo with me, right? <laughs> Everybody's learning to retrain their body um, against repetitive motion. And that's just what you do, right, Mercy, is helping people really to eliminate or reduce some of their pain because a lot of it comes from that. That's why the influence on dancers, because it's so much repetitive motion that's hard on your body. And, and like you said, you, you're bringing it to the masses. So everybody out there, give Mercy a like, give her a love. It looks like we've got a question that came here. Let's see. 
So here's a uh, question from Brittany. She says, what does Pilates help with physically the most? That's a great question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say that the for me, and this is like bigger picture in the sense of what it helps you most with is to stay in your body when you're doing physical things, <laughs> to be present, to um, so that when you are are participating in anything you're aware of how your body is is um being challenged you can then sort of add in if you know however people's uh strategy is to create core engagement you can because one of the things about pilates is that the center of the body is really where we're going to derive our most power and our most flexibility our most our ability to kind of move away and move back without disturbing, you know, alignment and all that kind of thing. Um, and so when, uh, if, if you can take a pause, a moment where you're, you're connecting with that center before you load it or before you, you know, push the door open or something like that, your whole body is going to participate more in anything you do. And so in the sense that that's the, you know, it's, 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 you know, practicing Pilates is also practicing being connected to yourself through, through all of, you know, your, your cognitive self, but, and then creating a habit that that's what you do without having to think about it. Right. That's incredible. So Mercy, we're getting to that point of the show. So if you could leave everybody with one bit of advice, one thing that they could take home, whether they take classes or consult with you or even do Pilates at all, what's the take home message? What's one thing everybody on this call could do or everybody who listens to the replay to take better care of their body? Well, that pause thing is an important thing. And to be a, to, to, uh, notice the breath because the breath as you know, and I, I, I sometimes hesitate to use the breath because it can be so constrictive. It can be so much of an issue about why the body is having trouble. So if that's you, then don't, you know, <laughs> then move away from, from concentrating and just it's, I mean, I think part of it is just like letting the body feel like it's part of the world. <laughs> right. And and so a lot of that's about relaxation. It's it's about feeling expansive from inside. Um, and so you know, different people have different ways of doing that. I feel like for those of us who are on the computer a lot or you know on the phone a lot, if you have a roller at the end of the day, if you could just lie on the roller and let yourself drain into the floor, that's a that that's a very physical way of re re registering relaxation because you can feel yourself dropping in and, and by dropping in you are relaxing. So um, that right. I think that's a really you know easy you easy heard, way to. You heard it here. According to Mercy, the prescription for good health is relaxation every day, and you can achieve that by laying on a what a foam roller, foam roller, yeah, um, and letting yourself go. So I'm gonna have to get myself one of those foam rollers. It's happening. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Mercy, how do people get in touch with you if they want to set up a one-on-one -on -one consult or maybe take a class? What's the best way? That email is probably the best way. <laughs> and well, time very strategic background uh, message here. <laughs> so it probably would be good because I um, I don't have a separate email for everything that I do, so I get a lot of you know things that I have to sort through. So if you go, if you put in the subject line one on one consult or interested in Pilates or something like that, I'll know to I'll, I'll look for that. 
That's fabulous. And I just got to leave us with uh, one more comment here. Um, Mercy's work has helped me transform my life in big and subtle ways over decades of classes, always catalyzing new awareness. So uh, Mercy, I think that just sums up you in a nutshell. You have been, as usual, a complete delight. Uh, I'm so happy to know you and that we connected through insurance. Very exciting business that we have here. And uh, you've just been an amazing client and friend. And I just really want to thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much, Erin. And I just have to tell you, like I have told everybody about you and about, I mean, you just made that impossible thing of like trying to figure out what to do with Medicare. Just like you came to my house, you brought these books like this and like you knew exactly where to go and you were right on with all of it. And I've always told people that like, it's the best birthday card I ever got was my Medicare card. <laughs> oh, wonderful. I know it usually means an improved insurance. So we like that too, right? <laughs> well, I'm so glad that we know each other, Mercy, and just want to thank everybody for watching today and everybody who watches the replay. If questions come through, we'll definitely come to you with that, Mercy, and just thank you for being on today and thanks for everything you do out there. Thank See you, you later. Sharon, you too. <laughs> thank you for listening to This is 65. Please subscribe to the Black Point Insurance YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can follow me, Erin Ackenheil, on LinkedIn and Facebook. See you next time.